Redbird Report. I am your co-host and COVID at sports editor Jake Simmersheim, and with me I have our new co-host and new sports editor Rachel Hickey. How's it going, Rachel? It's going well. I uh, just had a tough morning practice this morning, so I'm, I'm ready to ch- sit back, relax, and talk some sports. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, men's and women's basketball have started conference play after uh, non-conference season. Uh, women are off to a pretty successful start. Can't really say the same about the men's. Um, they are undefeated. Oh, no, they are not undefeated in conference play. I forgot about the UNI series. So they, they, their only two losses of the season did come at the beginning of conference play when they got swept by uh, Northern Iowa. Yeah, it was definitely a rough start to 2021 for the women's team, but um, I think they needed that in a way because they came back the next weekend against Indiana State and, like, really just played a lot better and a lot cleaner. Um, I know Kristen Gillespie is pretty upset with like how the team's been starting lately and the first quarters of games have been uh pretty slow um but once they get going and once like mary crompton gets the ball i mean they just roll um yeah they did very well during that uh indiana state series they limited the sycamores to the least amount of points in mvc history um Went on, swept them, and then they had a great game last night. Rachel, why don't you tell us about the first game of the Valpo series? Yeah, uh, so we we knew going into this game that Valpo was going to be a tough team for them. Um, they've got some great scorers. I know Shea Frederick is one of like the best scorers on that team and one of the better players in the league, so she was going to be tough for sure. But uh, it was a really impressive game. Um, both teams were a bit sloppy for sure, but... Uh, you know, like, specifically Paige Saylor did an amazing job last night playing defense on Frederick. She held her scoreless up until the third quarter, um, which made a big difference in that game. Um, Redbirds led by 10 at one point. They let Valpo come back for that overtime. But in the overtime, it was all Redbirds. It was all Mary Crompton, pretty much. It turned out 81-75 Valpo. Uh, Crompton led the way with 21 points. Juju Redman added 16. Paige Saylor also had 14. And Terion Moore had 14. Pretty, you know, solid performance. Four players in double digits. Um, you know, looks like they did get off to a slow start from the box score that I'm looking at. Yeah, there is there's a lot of contributors in that game for sure. And especially at the beginning, the bench scorers were very important. I know um, I was personally very impressed by Kate Bowman's game last night. As a freshman, she contributed, I believe, six points off the bench for the Redbirds. What do you think of like some of the younger players this year? How have they been doing? I know I feel like there's a decent amount of new players on this roster. Yeah, Gillespie talked about that in the presser last night. Um, those younger players are still kind of figuring out how to get the hang of college basketball, and it is unfortunate that they have to do that during league play. But um, I think I, to, for me, Kate Bowman really is figuring it out a little bit quicker than the others. Um, I think once Deanna Wilson and Jasmine McGinnis-Taylor figure it out too, this team is going to have so much depth off the bench. Uh, they've got another game today at four with Valpo. Um, that was rescheduled from the beginning of the year. That's actually – they were supposed to play Valpo when they played I. Maybe, you know, maybe that had to do with um, their sweep to UNI. They weren't weren't ready to play them. They had been game planning for Valpo and then had a, a switch and then just – you know, got out of the gate bad. Um, so they were scheduled to play I this week, I'm assuming? Yeah, that was the original plan. I mean, the big thing for the Redbirds is they just ha- they have to be adaptable with everything that's going on this year with COVID still 
causing some issues in the conference. I mean, Missouri State still has yet to play a league game. That's crazy to me. That's that huge. They haven't stepped on court. Yeah. That's so once hurt them so much. Once we get a feel for where Missouri State is, I think that'll kind of give us an idea of where the Redbirds are in the Valley rankings. A bit better idea. What were the what were what was Missouri State coming into the season like their preseason ranking? Oh gosh, um, they're definitely leading the Valley. I think they. I think the net report they were twenty seventh right oh, now. Yeah, that's for sure leading the valley. Yeah. Um, ISU though is ranked thirty seventh in the net report in the last week's edition, really? so they're moving up. They are um, moving up. And I mean Valpo is an unranked team in the net. I'm pretty sure, and that's not super deserving on their part. I mean they deserve to be in the net rankings. They've beat Illinois, Wisconsin, I think Purdue this year, so they've had a really good year. That program is one I'd watch out for honestly yeah i'm impressed by uh by that program lately i um i don't think they were that good when i was on the beat they yeah they got blown out both times by isu but they've really started to be on the come up in the last couple years that yeah their head coach is almost parallel to gillespie in a lot of ways that they she really came in and just restructured the program and rebuilt the program um I know the TV announcers were talking about that a lot last night as these two programs are very similar in that regard. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about women's? No. I mean, I'd, I'd, it'll be interesting to see how they come back tonight. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think... they got a lot to recover from. It affects both teams, though, really. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, so I don't really think either team has an advantage there. I think they're both going to be pretty tired today. Yeah. Moving on to men's basketball. Um... <laughs> I, there's not much to say about ISU at this point. But and a little painful to watch. It, it has at times. I, I will say the Evansville series looked much better at times. ISU sitting at 4-6, and six, um, just started conference play, play also, had their first series of the year canceled as well because of Valpo. Don't know what happened with Valpo. That was just kind of wild that they both teams got it. Um, we're up against Indiana State this weekend. We're – Fresh off of our first win, or the Redbirds' first win of Valley play, they played a pretty good game against Evansville to open the series last Saturday. Played some good defense, played some zone defense. Uh, they had taken 12 days off to practice, and I it kind of it really helped them defensively. Like I don't know how much offensively it helped them because they kind of looked pretty much the same offensively, but defensively they were finally able to bring in a zone, so they were switching between zone and man the whole game. They made Evansville look pretty uncomfortable in that first game, and then they just went six minutes without scoring. Yeah. I mean, that, that'll kill you. This team is just so inconsistent. They – they can go on some stretches where they score, and then they just kind of just get shut down. They go on some good defensive stretches, and then they get embarrassed the next play. This is definitely an off year, I would say, for Redbirds men's basketball. Um, I hope in the practice sessions they're wor- really working on cleaning up their game because they're going to have to for Indiana State. Um, but, I mean, it's it's mostly just a, like a almost a rebuilding year. They just lost so much from last year with transfers and graduation and people opting out f- now, so... They just yeah. really need to learn to work with what they have, I think. Mm-hmm. At the end of the Evansville series, uh, Muller announced that Cy Chapman was opting out. Um, that's He hasn't really seen much of the, course, uh, the court, so I can't really say how big of a loss that is. I think he had like 24 points in five games. Um, but that's another big. I heard a rumor that 
Alex Kotov is not very happy with his situation on the team, which he has not played much. He started the first game of the year and then has only been in five more games. Um, that's an interesting situation. Um, but then ISU in the second game in Evansville looked really, really good, actually. At, okay, they did go through one, another lull where they were not making a basket, but when they finally got on, or more specifically when Antonio Reeves finally got on, they just they didn't look back really. It never really was close after that. Antonio Reeves made five straight shots, really got them back into it. They were down eight, and um, then he took a two-point lead, and Evansville tried to call a timeout when they took a lead. It didn't really help. It actually helped ISU more because they were – in like a couple minutes stretch where they weren't playing that great they came out better um reeve said after the game that he came in with an aggressive mindset but I, he was just more concentrating on the flow of the game making sure my teammates get looks before i do and just trying to be a leader as much as i can on the floor that's that's a good mindset for him um muller had okay. said in the pre pre-series press conference that he was looking for Antonio to be more aggressive, drive to the paint more, get those, make those shots happen, and he really did that this weekend. He led both games with 30, 32 points total. Yeah, eleven points, and then twenty one in the Evansville game. His twenty one was a career high. Um. Yeah, we they take on ISU next. The other ISU. What do you expect out of him in that series? I don't know, honestly, because they're Indiana State's not that good. They're one and five in the conference, but I also feel like they could be dangerous offensively, and they could really hurt ISU if they if they can get into their offensive rhythm. But I also am looking at the record, and they're not great. <laughs> they have their one win came against Loyola, which I mean that's not bad, but. Yeah. yeah, they played close games, I guess. I don't know. I'm. I think we'll split the series. I think Indiana State will take one. Illinois State will take one. We'll yeah. go home, semi happy. <laughs> yeah, we just gotta keep collecting wins in the league right now for the men's team. Mm. Yeah, they just need to do whatever they can. And then after that, kind of a weird thing. They played Bradley on Wednesday. Um, if you didn't already know, with how they do the schedule this year with the the one home series they have like a travel partner so those are the only home and away series this year kind of weird because bradley was supposed to be at at um i can't think of the arena but they were supposed to be in peoria at the oh civic center there it is <laughs> i it's the easiest arena name i don't know how i forgot it but for some reason they switched it i asked bill sailor the men's basketball sid and he just sent me the um shrugging emoji so <laughs> I mean, we don't know why it switched, but... Yeah, that's the same way for women's, too, I believe. They play, like, one game here, one game in Bradley. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the only uh, only pair of league games that's like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not going to be the same, obviously, because it won't be packed, which is unfortunate, because going to the Bradley game last year was awesome. That was pretty cool. Um. Like, I didn't realize how intense the Bradley rivalry was because that was the first Bradley game I covered, and then, like, they showed oh, out yeah. again for the men's game. So that was really fun. kind of yeah. sucks that Bradley rivalries won't be in person this year. Yeah, I know. I won't get to sport my, my favorite shirt, <laughs> $12 shirt from the bird's <laughs> nest, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. 
But. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I have for men's. Mm-hmm. We got a couple briefs I was gonna bring up. Let me go to them. Uh, um. Brady Davis, he left ISU over break. If you missed that from the website, he um, decided to leave f- to go train for the NFL. Good yeah. luck, man. That's all I'll say. If if you can make it, do it. But it probably would have been more valuable to stick around for you, to be honest, or for this season. I don't think – he left a lot to be desired last year. Mm-hmm. And – I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that decision affects the program this spring. If they do play, I mean, it's yeah starting to look a little iffy there with Indiana State yeah. opting out. They opted out, I think, Monday. It was this week, yeah. Yeah. Um, it brings a lot of questions if we're going to have a season or not. I was surprised mm-hmm. Indiana State was the one that opted out. Like, Me too. I, I didn't see that comment at all. Um, yeah, I figured if anyone opted out, like, I was thinking ISU. Like, I was thinking we would do, yeah. Like, I was, like, cause, just because it's been bad. We've had so many players opt out. Yeah. COVID's high in McLean County. It in just seemed like, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, I mean, know. We're, we're yeah. pretty strict with a lot of the protocols, too. So if it's if it's not worth going, we'll, we won't go. Yeah, I feel like the Illinois teams will opt out. I feel like the Dakota teams won't opt out. Missouri State probably won't. Yeah, North Dakota State will definitely not opt out. Only time will tell on that. I mean, Indiana State's the first. It'll be interesting to see how many follow. Yeah. Um, It's it's not great news. (laughs) I'm quite mad about it because I was going to go to Indiana State to cover that game. Yeah. Yeah. What what other briefs do we have? Um, I think the Brady Davis announcement came uh, about the same time as the announcement of the new AD, oh, Kyle did, Brennan. Oh, yeah. We did not mention that. I forgot about that. We do have a new AD. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on him so far? I mean, we haven't really seen much out of him, though. Right. Um. I guess, yeah, I'm really waiting to see more. I know he was at the game last night. That was his first experience in Redwood Arena, and what a first experience for him Um, to just see the Redbirds in action for the first time. That was a great game, great opportunity for him. Um, You know, I've heard some good things about him, and I think that – um, if the people on the board who selected him picked him, they picked him for a reason. You know, I, I have to believe he's very qualified, and I hope he does some good things. Um, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for him to get his feet, his footing. Um, and I don't know how much he's going to do really this semester per se, but maybe more like next year. I think he's going to start taking a little bit more control, hopefully. Actually, today is his first day. Yeah. January 15th, yeah. I, I think he flew in yesterday. Mm-hmm. I didn't even talk. realize it until we started talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I from his press conference that I really liked is he said he wanted to talk to people and see where the issue was before he made any decisions on, like, big changes, which I, I thought was a great idea. I thought that that's how you should approach it. Yeah, I agree. I think um, just listening to his press conference and hearing some of the things some of the coaches have had to say about him so far – I think above all else, he's going to be very communicative, and I think that is what is most important in a position like that. Um, you just need to be communicative, be able to like understand where the issues are and before you try to fix anything. Um, and I, I sincerely hope, too, he's involved in, with the athletes a little bit more. Um, I love the Lions. I have nothing bad to say about the guy. I just didn't see a ton of him in my time here. Um, 
So I, I definitely hope to see a little bit more Brennan in the next few years. Yeah, I definitely, now that you mentioned you didn't see Wine a lot, I never really saw him, like, at games, which yeah. you, you'd think that's a good place to to find an AD. I'm sure he was there. I yeah, that's No true. doubt he was there. That's true. I mean, I saw um, him at big games. I saw him at the Bradley games for sure, maybe, like, the first game of the year. But Yeah, I know, like, my, my only personal experiences with Lions were um, – after we'd get home from winning conference and indoor both years, he would be there when we light up uh, Redbird Arena Red and talk to us and congratulate us personally, which I, I think that's a big that's, thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. Nice. Um, that's one thing I hope to see continued from Brennan as well as that interaction with the athletes as well as the coaches. Uh, for a little background on Brennan, he's had over 16 years of experience in Division One sports. He's been at Ball State, Texas Christian, Northern Illinois, and most recently Utah. Um, he does a lot with facilities. Um, he's got a finance background, equipment, events. He's kind of got a similar background to Lions, which I do mm-hmm. think is interesting, but um, this is what ISU likes, and it kind of yeah. it kind of makes sense. Yeah, Lions did a lot over his 30 years as far as facilities yeah, and finances, for sure. Um, there's definitely a lot left that can be done. Um, I know, like, Horton Field House, there's been a lot of great updates to that facility. Um, it could it could use a couple more. We could use maybe, like, another <laughs> indoor practice facility because, I mean, it comes down to it, too. Like, there are just so many sports in that facility, um, especially in the winter. Football's in there. Baseball's in there. Softball's in there. Track's in there. Um you know, I've seen other sports in there. Swimming can be in there sometimes. Um, you know, it, it would. It, it's going to take time for sure. It probably won't happen in my time here. But another indoor practice facility, I would think, is on the checklist for him. I would think honestly, it feels like that's the like the next logical thing to be updated. Mm-hmm. I feel like recently we've had updates to just about everything else. Like yeah. Um, but the most interesting thing from Brandon's press conference is he said, when this job became open, I called every search firm, for, firm in the country and told them I wanted in. Yeah. That That's kind of cool. So it's like. He wanted to be here. Yeah. And I, I, I really think I respect that, yeah. the enthusiasm he brings, for sure. You know, that probably definitely helped him in, you know, his The interview process, process, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think that's all we have for you. Remember to follow along at the vedetteonline.com for all ISU sports news. Also follow us on Twitter at vedette underscore sports. My um, Twitter handle is at Jake Summersheim and yours is. And mine is at r underscore hickey15. Stay hot, bros.